0: What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host for Falmanchevsky, and we are gonna get into a compilation episode that I'm really excited about. So we're gonna go back in time about two years ago where I wanted to bring these five episodes back to you know some daylight. Because they are definitely lost within my podcast episodes, but um these are definitely going to look at bigger picture stuff and especially right now with all the crap that's going on in the world people need bigger bigger things to look forward to and rather than killing yourself of tracking your macros and calories this stuff is going to dig deep and hit you know close to home into your heart and you know we kind of look up We'll look at certain topics like asking yourself why, figuring out the true why behind why you want to become healthy. Uh, We look at your capacity of how much you can take on. We look at anxiety because right now, if you're like me, you're super anxious on a daily basis with what's going on in the world and also learning how to say no. Because a lot of times we're those people that want to please others and we constantly say yes to things and we end up with nothing left for ourselves. And then lastly, we're going to look at showing up for success. That's all you got to do is show up. Just like you listening to my podcast every week, that's showing up and you're bettering yourself. So I'm really excited to bring these episodes together. So without further ado, here's episode 210, 232, 226, 224, and 220. Here we go. Okay. Topic number one, finding your why. So this is interesting. I think I brought this up before on my show, and I don't know how far I got into it, but recently I picked up another coach to mentor, and you know, at my gym, she's been kind of in and out, learning what I do, how I coach clients, And we recently kind of just touched on the psychosocial aspect of coaching. And, you know, we're eating lunch together and she's like, hey, so you mentioned earlier that you, you know, count macros and crap like that. Like, how how do you do that? And, you know, I could have easily just gone, oh, this is how you do it. But I asked her, well, why do you want to know? And she's like, well, I think I want to start doing that. And I'm like, well, why do you want to do that? She's like, well, you know, I kind of want to, like, lose weight and blah, 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 and got into that whole thing. But I told her, like, usually when people ask me stuff like that, I always ask why. You know, what's the root cause? Why do you want to do this? A lot of times people give you a superficial answer, which is not the actual answer. And it can go in two different ways. Either they tell you exactly why. Where, you know, most people are like, oh, I want to look a certain way to impress my ex that I divorced 10 years ago. Or they'll go and say, I want to look the way I used to in my 20s because I don't feel like my body's accepting any new suitors or whatever. There's so many different situations like that. Or they can straight up tell you that, you know, they start peeling back layers and it's really because they have a really bad relationship with food. And that's one of the first things I ask is like when I start investigating with people is like, well, what what's kind of your background in eating? And when you start asking why and you start peeling back every single layer and you get to the root cause. You kind of have this like epiphany moment where you're like, holy shit. The reason why I want to track macros is because I don't know how to react in certain situations. So I turn to food. And honestly, if you like sat down, like whatever diet you're following, for example, right at this moment, if you are. Do this yourself. Like, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And start peeling back the layers, right? Maybe the first time you ask yourself, it's like, well, I want to tighten up my nutrition. Okay, why? Um, I want to make sure that I'm getting all my nutrients in. Why? I want to make sure that, you know, I don't gain weight during this time of the year. Why? Because I want to be able to fit into a dress or a certain outfit. Why? Because I haven't had a date in five years. Why? And it just keeps going. Like you can get really, really, really deep into why you're doing a certain thing in your life. And this goes for any single thing out there. And. You know, when I started asking these questions to this new coach, you know, I think after two days, she texted me this long text of doing that same exercise, and she realized a lot of stuff about herself. And she's like, This is the first time I ever realized this. And I had like a five minute conversation with you. And I'm like, Well, when you ask the right questions, things come up really quickly. And this is what coaching really is, and that's why I told her, I'm like, you know, you can get every certification out there, you can read every piece of research out there, but if you can't communicate to the person right in front of you that's having a really rough time in their life, then it doesn't mean shit, you know, that's why I'm really fascinated with the psychology of coaching, the art of coaching, as a lot of people call it, and I think that's what's really, really important. So anytime you see a new diet or you hear a friend talking about a certain way that they're eating or chose to eat and you're like, oh, maybe I should do it, just ask yourself why. Even right now, like whatever the hell you're doing, maybe ask yourself why you're doing it and get to the root cause. you know. And the, other, the flip side is like sometimes when you get to the why and you keep asking yourself, you might not actually know why you're doing it. You know, I had an experience before where I had an online coaching client for nutrition and she was a huge advocate for the keto diet. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. We'll go around the way you want it. We'll keep our nutrition coaching on track with keto in mind. And I had that conversation with her. I was like, why? Why? And she honestly didn't know why she was doing it. But we did figure out it's because she saw on social media that everyone's doing it. She had a coworker at work that was doing it too and saw amazing results, so she thought she'd do that too. But when it came to the reason why, she and she started laughing like I've been doing this for like 6 months and hating it. And for some reason like this superficial like thing made me want to do it. You know, sometimes people You you see this all the time. Like, you see a person on the left of you doing something, and you're like, oh, I guess I got to do that too. You know, I remember they did this, like, little um, study where it was, like, a doctor's office, and everyone's just sitting and waiting. And everyone in the waiting room except the one person walking in was in on this little experiment. So, you know, this... Person comes in, waiting to see the doctor, and everyone else there was part of the experiment. And every ten minutes, everybody part of the experiment uh, part of the experiment would stand up for a couple seconds and then sit back down. And the person that you know was con- was sitting down and was looking around, like, "What well, what the hell is going on here?" And after a couple times waiting every ten minutes, and everyone would stand up and back down she started joining in. And eventually when all those people left and she was the last one, they wanted to see if she would uh, stand up. And oh, there was a bell. There was a certain noise that they would play and they would all stand up. And when she was alone, they played the bell a couple times and she stood up by herself because You know, we're all lemmings, we just follow. And then they brought in another person for the doctor who was not part of the experiment, and, you know, they're both waiting, and the bell goes off, she stood up, waited there a little bit, and sat back down, and the guy's like, why why are you doing that? She's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. And he's like, why? She's like, I I don't know, (laughs) right? And it just goes to show, like, people follow other people for no reason, you know? like. There's no why to it. It's really interesting how our brain works. Like literally, there was no reason behind it. It's very interesting to me. So I think the moral of the story here is to like really audit the the things that you're doing in your life. Like if you're doing something that you absolutely hate but you continue to do it anyway, ask yourself, why am I doing this in the first place? Maybe you actually shouldn't be doing it. Maybe you should do something else. Maybe you should use that free time for something else or for yourself. Right? It's it blows my mind how how easy that is. And I think this is a good segue into the next thing. You know, working at big box gyms, gyms with a lot of people, a lot of times People will go into a class, a group workout, whatever it is, and just look at the other people and do exactly what they're doing because they don't know any better and they just follow the herd. And they won't say anything if something feels off, you know? and again, this goes back to the why. So sometimes when I walk by in my gym and I see you know, a member doing an exercise incorrectly and they continuously do it over and over again, I'll sometimes walk over and be like, how does that feel? They're, they'll usually go, not that good. And I'm like, why are you doing it? They're like, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And sometimes you just got to ask yourself that. It's that simple, you know. Like a barbell deadlift. Like I did a whole podcast on it. And some people just like <laughs> they continually hurt their backs, their you know necks, whatever it is, over and over and over again because. They don't know that there's another option that can work the same muscle group, you know? You don't have to do what other people are doing in the gym because that's stupid. Like, you're an individual. You're gonna have different bony structures. You're gonna have a different pelvis. You're gonna have different lever links. You're gonna have different tight spots. Like, everyone's different. Everyone's squat's going to look different. Everyone's press is going to look different. Then if you have injuries on top of that, you've had kids, like it all adds up. There's so much to it. And this is where, again, going back to mentoring this new coach, progressions and regressions are key and lateralizations. So... If I had to give any kind of advice to any new coach out there or any avid fitness enthusiast that loves going to the gym, but maybe there's an exercise that just doesn't feel right and no matter what kind of coaching you get, it's not working, figure out the regression for the exercise or the lateralization. And what I mean by lateralization is like maybe finding an exercise that's as difficult working the same muscle group, but it's not that exercise. So let's say an example is your big right toe in a split squat position is killing you every time you do it, but you constantly just hammer it out anyway. And then the day after your workout, you can't walk properly because your toe, big toe is inflamed and it hurts like fucking hell. So what would you do in that situation? And this is a question and kind of case study I always bring up to anyone I mentor. And a lot of times it's like, okay, well, we're doing some sort of lunge variation. What can I do to kind of mimic that? Maybe doing a lateral split squat would be better. Yeah, you could debate that, oh no, you're gonna get more lateral stabilizers, your adductor's gonna work and blah, 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 but it's still a split squat But you're now, both of your toes are not in a flex position and there's less pressure. And now you can do it pain-free. You feel pretty good. You're still working your legs and you're still getting strong. That's a lateralization. A regression, for example, if someone was doing a split squat and can barely get down there, maybe they're overweight and they physically can't lift up their entire body weight. Hold on to a TRX, like simple little things. And this is the stuff that I feel like everyone should know because then when you're in the gym and something doesn't work out or a piece of equipment is not available, or, you know, you go to a hotel gym and all you have is like machines and a treadmill and you have this program and you're like, fuck, I can't do any of it. But now this is where you need to get on the creative side and figure out what can I do? You know, I have the back squat, but there's no squat rack in here. I just have dumbbells and a bench. What do I do? This is the stuff you need to learn. And a lot of times people who work out on their own, they don't want to learn more because they just think they know it. And that's like the biggest mistake ever. And the, one of the examples I always give is like, you know, I could do my own plumbing in my house. But sooner or later, a pipe is going to burst because I fucked it up when I set it up in the beginning. You know, I can only watch so many YouTube videos on how to put, you know, piping together and hope that it doesn't burst. And I've had those experiences where I had to, like, fix my dishwasher and I thought i turned off the water supply. And when I... (laughs) unscrewed the water supply of my dishwasher i had hot steaming freaking water with high pressure hitting me in the fucking face and my whole house almost freaking flooded you know i should have probably called um a plumber to get it done it would have been done within an hour not a whole day and i wouldn't have to like try to dry my entire kitchen and living room essentially and I fell victim to the, like, oh, I'm a guy. I'm going to listen to my ego. I'm going to fix things because that's what I'm meant to do. Whereas I could have just got a professional to come in or someone who has a lot of experience doing it, like my dad or my grandfather, but I didn't do that. And I had the consequence of hot, burning, high-pressure water hitting my face and almost destroying my house. So it goes the same with exercise, right? Like, if you're not going to educate yourself, like, get someone to help you. Don't think that you can do it yourself. And then again, you can go back to what I first said in the beginning of this episode. Why? Why do you want to do it on your own? So I'm going to leave it there. And I want every one of you to actually do that exercise of like... If you're following a diet right now or doing something that does not make you happy... Or you're in a situation in a relationship with a friend, spouse, or whatever, and it's making you miserable, ask yourself why, and then start peeling back layers every single time. And you'd be amazed what you get to. You might not realize it right there and then, but maybe the next day, the day after, where you're like, holy fuck, this is it. So think about it, ask yourself why. Alright, the topic I want to bring up is the Power of showing up. And I say that super excited. I don't know why. I'm just like in a good mood today. I think it might have been the freaking, I don't know, eight shots of espresso I've had so far today. Um, when it comes to the general population who are trying to make fitness a priority in their life because they've realized that they need to take their health under control... All you like, this would be the secret. Like, if I had to tell the entire world the one thing that's going to change your entire life when it comes to weight loss, health, or whatever the fuck you want to achieve in this life is to show up. That's all you have to do. I tell this to every single one of my clients because it is key. Think about it this way. Say you started your fitness journey, you're busting along, you're super motivated, and then you hit that first roadblock of like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym today, I don't want to do this, I'm too tired, you know what, I'm just going to skip the gym. Imagine if you just showed up and did what you could, like, that is freaking clutch I tell this to my clients all the time, no matter what your situation is, like if you had three hours of sleep, if your kid was up all night crying and throwing a tantrum and you couldn't get solid sleep and you're done work and you're just like, ugh, I don't wanna go to the gym, just show up. Like I literally had some clients where they came in, they were rough as shit and all I told them to do, I'm like, let's just get through the warm up and see what happens. Sometimes that's all you need, just movement. There is a cap of how much stress we can throw onto our bodies or in. And if we don't do something to get rid of it, that stress keeps piling up. And that's going to prevent us from seeing the success that we want. You know, like we wake up and it's go, 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 go go nonstop. And then you get home. And if you have a family, there's more shit that you need to take care of. And then it repeats, Monday to Friday, and then the weekend comes, and you're like, fuck, I haven't even gone to the gym, I haven't been eating healthy, what gives? Right? I think also, I'm like totally going all over the place, because I feel like I have this conversation all the time, like... You don't understand. I've been in the industry for nine years, and I feel like I have this conversation all the time, and I always speak my truth to every single person, but it doesn't get through their head. I have this one person in mind right now where her doctor literally said, if you don't stop eating shit, because this person likes to go to fast food restaurants like three times a day, you'll have a heart attack. This individual has young kids. The oldest is eight years old. And she I don't think she's kind of wrapped her head around how important this is. Because what is interesting to me is people getting to this point where a doctor is literally sitting you down saying that if you don't change, you will die. But at the same time, a lot of people get that information and they don't take it seriously. And this bugs the fuck out of me because even with the threat of your life being taken away, people don't take this shit seriously. This is, this is why I say exercise is just more than losing weight. It is a way to prolong the quality of your life. And I've had an experience and I, I can't even – like I'm getting so like amped up for this shit right now. I literally had an experience, and I can't remember if I put uh, said this on my podcast before, but I literally have gone to a client's funeral because he did not change his eating. It was the most weird feeling and scenario I've ever been in my life. Because I'm chatting with all these people that showed up to support his wife and kids. He left two daughters on this earth that were, I think, 11 and 7 at the time. Like, it was so weird when I was introducing myself to the people at this funeral as the guy's coach. And they kind of looked at me like, whoa. And I felt partly responsible, but I always remembered The amount of conversations I've had with this particular client about, dude, you need to change your eating. Like, I don't know how much more I can take this on. And God rest his soul, he passed away with a heart attack in his sleep. And I can only imagine his wife, which was also my client, waking up to her husband's lifeless body. Like, fuck. That shit Uh, Like, it breaks my heart when, and he had the same scenario where his doctor told him, like, if you don't change your eating, you will die. Even at that point, people can't wrap their heads around how important it is to make your health a priority. And going back to the other client that I've had this conversation with, She's still trying to make, like, detours around how to eat junk food. And I'm like, just focus on eating a lot of protein and veggies. That's all I want you to do. I don't even care how you do it. But she also has a really high-stress job. Like, literally people who have those high-stress jobs and tend to eat out a lot are the ones that are so susceptible to this scenario where the heart goes, uh-uh, I can't take any more stress. And, you know, a lot of people listening who might be in that scenario might be like, fuck off, Raph. Like, you don't know my life, which is totally fair. Get it. But at the same time, like, you got to ask yourself, What is it for? Like maybe you need to think bigger picture. Like I've literally spoken to clients and told them like you should probably quit your job if you want to see yourself living past 60. Because I've met so many people in my life where when I start to get to know them as a client, as a patient or whatever, and they start telling me about their job that they've been at for 20 years and they absolutely hate it and they literally don't know why they're doing it anymore. Maybe need to make that change, you know? And I totally went on this tangent of, you know, making exercise more than just weight loss. And then from there I got from, like, just showing up. But that literally can apply to anything. If you just show up every day and you try to focus on one thing, Like any one thing that can improve your health. Because we live in a world where our bodies are not designed to thrive in anymore. We sit on our ass all fucking day. We eat way too much because food is so accessible to us. And we have things that make us stay at home longer. Things like Netflix. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Like everyone thinks coaches are perfect. Like, fuck. Yesterday, I spent four hours with my wife watching the new season of Away because the shit was bananas, okay? By the way, awesome show. You got to go see it. And it's tough to pull yourself out of that rut. Like, I can only imagine if people have been doing it for decades. Like, that is really, really tough. But most recently, I met this individual who's literally like a multimillionaire millionaire entrepreneur at heart multiple million dollar businesses under the palm of his hand and right now is when he realized fuck i need to get my health in check so the really cool thing is he will make his entire day revolve around his health if he has an appointment at the gym or at the clinic He will restructure his entire day. And he's the only entrepreneur that I've met slash trained that has done this. And when you really think about it, if you are the top dog in the empire that you've created, people are waiting on you. You have the power to do this. So why not tell a couple investors or your accountant, that the meeting that was scheduled for tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it has to be moved because your doctor's appointment is at 1 o'clock so you can work around my schedule. Like that's amazing that this individual is doing this, making his health a priority. Even if you're not top dog owning a company, you can still do that with your life. If you know that you work on 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and you need to get your health in check, make exercise one time a week, two times a week, whatever. A non-negotiable. And I know it's easier said than done, but you just have to get into the habit of like, all right, Monday, 7 a.m., I'm off to the gym. From 7 to 8, that's my time. You know, 8 to 8.30, shower, get ready. Boom, I'm off to work. Like, that's all you need to focus on. Imagine if you did that for the rest of your life, starting today, like that is huge. And for all the coaches listening, like, yeah, this might sound redundant to you, but listening it from another coach's perspective, being able to relay relay that message to your client is fucking huge. We need to have more conversations like this to get real. Like when clients come up to me and they're like brand new ones and they're like, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Awesome. Why? Keep asking them why and get to the root cause and then try to channel that root cause into motivation for them to keep showing up every single day to improve their life so they can enjoy it. Our lives are meant to be enjoyed and not this hustle and bustle every single day and every single evening you're wondering why the fuck am I doing this? Just show up. Alright, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shade, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Machevsky, and I'm going to keep this short and sweet. You know why? Because it's Sunday night. It's late. I gotta wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m. and start an entire week because I just came back from a course ate food and started scrambling to get shit done for tomorrow, taking care of the dog, making food, laundry, all that bullshit and something that I was thinking about is one of the things that separates successful people for weight loss is a couple things but in my mind something that always pops up is putting yourself first. Like if right now, really think when was the last time you made yourself a priority in anything? And for many of you, it's gonna be really difficult to think that. It's gonna be, fuck, when was the last time I wanted to do this and I actually did it? Or when was the last time I decided to sleep in so I could have more time to myself. When was the last time I took a day off? When was the last time I said no? All of those things add up, and then you fall into a rhythm and a habit of always doing things for others and always forgetting about yourself, and that shit adds up so freaking quickly. The moment you can prioritize yourself above all, even though it might sound selfish, it might seem you know, oh my god, I'm not going to be a good, good human being, but how are you supposed to help others if you can't help yourself, you know? You know, you've heard all of the analogies out there, but it's true. If you think about it, you know, if you start putting others before you, responsibilities before you, when do you get to grow? When do you get to enrich your life? It doesn't happen. Sometimes you need to be selfish and say no to somebody in order for you to feel better, move better, anything better. Think about that for a second. You know, the moment you get that past your head, that no, wait, I'm not being selfish because if I'm not at my 100%, how am I supposed to give my 100% to others? This is why when I see Know, some of the most successful CEOs out there that prioritize the gym or meal prepping or whatever before all their meetings and they work around it, that's, that's huge. You know, they get it. You can do the same thing. You know, if you know that your kid has something that he or she wants to do, and that it conflicts with your schedule, say no. Find an alternative. There's always a way around it. Rather than taking on more stuff, more stress, now you're stressing about weight loss is not happening, you're stressing about how you haven't been to the gym for three days, now you're stressing about now you're not getting enough sleep, now you're stressing that you've gained 10 pounds. It's a vicious, vicious circle. Start making time for you, and then people are going to stop asking you to do the things that they used to do. The moment you start saying no, is the moment you start saying yes to yourself. Make yourself a priority and you will see how much things will change in your life. You don't know the power of saying no to somebody and then they go, Oh, okay, well, I can't ask sally sue to stay late on fridays at work anymore because she has x y and z that's all it takes you say once and things will start to shift and i know it's easier said than done but the moment you start saying no is the first time you'll get yes for yourself you'll finally have a chance to grow as an individual, not only personally, but professionally, but also getting to your goals. That's the whole end game. Like if you're in this fitness and health thing, the goal is for you to feel better. If your environment doesn't provide that because you're constantly saying yes to others and not yourself, how do you expect a different result on the scale, in the mirror, with measurements, that dress you want to wear, those jeans you want to like, think about it. That's what I want you to leave here from this episode, is to start saying yes to yourself. As human beings, we constantly need to grow, and sometimes it's taking time to ourselves to do that. Even if it's 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, an hour a week at the gym to turn off your brain, that is growth for yourself. I always get back to this thing of exercise is more than just weight loss. People don't understand the power of exercise. You know, for those people who are so fucking busy all the time, that one hour a week allows you to turn off everything refresh everything, to hit that restart button for you to grow as an individual. Start saying no and start saying yes to yourself and you're definitely going to see the result that you're looking for. That's it for me. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Crush this motherfucking week and you're going to kill it. All right. Girls, episode 226. thoughts anything like this the last thing they want to do is talk to somebody else and you know i totally understand that um so before we get deep and take a dive into this we got to do some shout outs to my top three cities so my new number one is oak lawn in illinois shout out to everyone in the state of illinois listening to my show number two Again, I'm going to butcher this name. Out in Switzerland, a city called Luzern. 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 Someone from Switzerland, please reach out and tell me how to pronounce that correctly. And the third one, I am definitely gonna fuck this one up. All the way out in Germany. Um, here I go. Necker. Neckersulm. some Yeah, definitely fucked that one up, so I apologize to all my German listeners out there. Please reach out and tell me how to pronounce that city, and I'm super grateful to have all these international listeners on my show. Alright, let's talk about anxiety for a second. Growing up, when I was a kid, I was probably the biggest extrovert you can think of, never shy, I was always kind of out and about. And then as I started getting older, I kind of realized that, you know, public situations, meeting new people, speaking to new people, speaking public, anything that required, like, attention or trying a new, you know, situation, I literally wanted to, like, curl up into a ball and die. And it just prevented me from doing so many things, you know, it, it, it just feels like you're trapped and you can't enjoy things that you see other people do. And sometimes I remember like watching myself, actually thinking to myself, you know, this person or this person is, makes it so easy just to go up there and do their thing and not think twice. Whereas me, it was just like, fuck, I don't think I can do that. So I turned into a huge, huge introvert. And I wasn't self-aware of it until I got my first, you know, personal training job. And in my head, I always thought I was good with people, but I was terrible, terrible at communication. And it got to a point where I didn't want to train people. And it was like, it just bugged me. And I was lucky enough to have a mentor to kind of show me that there's other ways to improve, you know, how I am as an introvert and just have those small seconds of, um, being an extrovert to kind of communicate with, um, others. And it was a huge, huge win for me because this is where personal development comes in. And, you know, I dealt with having those, anxiety attacks, even when I knew that I had to go to a new situation, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't do this, I can't do this, I wanted to throw up, I wanted to pass out, I would give all these excuses, but, you know, I got through it, but, you know, people out there that haven't had the opportunity to grow in this part of their life, it's I can only imagine how difficult it was, because, you know, now, I'm pretty good in every situation, but... You know, sometimes I'll think back, and the reason why I brought this topic up is because I've been dealing with a lot of... uh, Patients have been dealing with anxiety attacks, and... God, like... It's fucking terrible, and, you know, my heart goes out to all those people, and... Actually, most recently, um, I've been dealing with an injury um, kind of on my left... External oblique, mid back type of area, and I've been dealing with it for probably the last five weeks, and I can't really figure out how to fix it. So I've been going to different practitioners, and the other night, um, you know, it was kind of bugging me. I went to sleep and like middle, the middle of the night, like woke up at 1.30 in the morning, and the pain was so, so bad. I couldn't find a comfortable position. It was crippling me, I was trying to like go on my foam roller, I was trying to like stretch it out, I was trying to do so many different things and I felt so so you know defeated and I started panicking that I couldn't sleep, that I was gonna be up all night, that this pain wasn't gonna go away, like I couldn't breathe, I had to wake up my wife and like she was the one who was able to calm me down and that just reminded me of similar situations I, I had when I was younger having anxiety attacks and I was like holy fuck like I haven't had that feeling in so long and you know recently I had a patient dealing with the same thing and what we decided to do was focus on breathing and it might sound silly but you know anxiety attack or not like breathing is so important you know, I teach all my patients proper breathing mechanics because, you know, so many of us are so stressed and our nervous system is always redlining and we don't have a chance to actually, like, come down from that high of stress. So I kind of – I want to learn – I want to teach people how to um, use their diaphragm. And I do a simple test where I put one hand on, on their belly, one hand on their chest, and I tell them, take a three deep breaths in for me. And all of them, every single one will – take a deep breath just through their chest and almost kinda do the (gasps) I'm like god that is not a good breath and I explain to them how the diaphragm is our direct communicator and gatekeeper to our nervous system to calm it down that's why in yoga they're always like breathe now breathe some more now breathe even more they want to down regulate your nervous system so you can finally relax and have that you know bliss of relaxation and when I get people focusing on honing in on their diaphragm, those thoughts of being trapped in a rut, they tend to go away because now your mind's focusing on the breath. And, you know, this sounds kind of woo-woo, but if I had to make it more science based, you know, your diaphragm is a muscle just like any other muscle in your body. The moment you stop using it, it goes into atrophy, meaning it's gonna get weaker and smaller. So we need to train our diaphragm just like any other muscle, and it all starts with the breath. It's the first thing we do and the last thing we do in life. So it should be pretty important. And when it comes to core activation, it starts with breathing. Spinal stabilization starts with breathing. All the best powerlifters in the world, the reason why their vertebral discs don't explode and pop across the gym floor, is because their breathing is so, so honed in and automatic that they can take that much pressure so a lot of times I tell people with like low back pain, pain in general, heightened nervous systems dealing with anxiety is when you're in bed and you're tossing and turning and you're worried and you're having those attacks try your very very best to put one hand on your tummy one hand on your chest and take 10 deep breaths into that bottom hand on your belly where you're breathing in for four seconds holding it for four seconds at the top and then exhaling for four seconds and you would be so surprised how quickly that will down regulate your nervous system and calm down all those worrisome thoughts in your head to a point where you will fall asleep a lot faster so my heart goes out to anyone out there dealing with anxiety anxiety attack panic attacks like I wish I could, you know, do more than just speak about it on my podcast and, you know, meet you face to face and help you out. But just know that the most simplest thing that you can do is breathe. You know, a lot of times when people have those anxiety attacks, you check their heart rates or breathing pattern. It just It does not do any favors for your body. So if you have, you know, the power or strength to actually hone in on your breath, you'll do amazing things, not only for your mental health, but also your body and also what you do in the gym. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. should get fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Boczewski, and I am going solo in this one. And I have an interesting topic of capacity that I want to bring up, because I've been using this analogy with a lot of patients I've been seeing, and it can really be used for so many different parts of your life, including your health. Before we get into it, we gotta do some shoutouts, we got a lot of East Coast love all the way out of New York, New York City, Shout out to everyone in New York City listening to my show, you are number one of my top listeners, I think this is the first time, and funny enough, number two, number two, almost screwed up saying number two, that's a day in life of wrath will think faster than my mouth can move and then my whole combine two words together and I think I brought this up on another episode of my show but there you go almost screwed up saying number two so the number two spot is taken by Brooklyn New York shout out to everyone in Brooklyn listening to my show super super awesome and number three all the way in India Mumbai Shout out to everybody in India listening to my show. That is super cool. All right, moving on because that's the first thing we got to do on the show because I think it's awesome when you're listening to a podcast, radio show, YouTube thing, and the creator, the person in charge of it, takes the time to give a shout out to individuals, to cities, to places. That's just my thing. I got, I got to do it. But let's talk about capacity. So in a rehab setting, anytime I'm dealing with a person who's very, very frustrated with getting better, I'll always tell them, you know, it's a process, and you need to know where your capacity is in a sense of how much activity can you do before Your knee starts flaring up. Your shoulder starts flaring up. Your neck starts flaring up, right? So now that you're injured, say your left shoulder, it has less of a capacity than your right shoulder for everyday things that you do. And say you're a gym goer and you're working out, you know, you have your injury, and no matter what you do in your workout, it always has sharp pain. So then I start educating the patient on, you know, what are you doing daily that might be taking, you know, your shoulders life. You know, like if you're playing a video game where you have CERN lives, three lives for example, you know, what activities that you might be doing daily that's taking that away? One of the best analogies I've heard is from Stuart McGill about your piggy bank right and he's a huge huge researcher genius when it comes to low back pain and he would always bring up the analogy of a piggy bank you know the more things you do to make your back feel better you're constantly adding a dollar to your piggy bank for movement allowance without pain So if you're going to physio, to Cairo, getting a massage, doing your rehab exercises, hinging at the hips before you pick something up at home, you're constantly adding a dollar to your movement piggy bank. But then you decide to, I don't know, lift your kid up in a weird way. You take a piggy, out of your piggy bank, you take a dollar out. You decide to help your friend move. Let's take $5 out of your piggy bank. And now you're getting into the negatives. Now you're wondering why the hell your back is so flared up. It's because you've hit your capacity for movement insurance, essentially. Right? So if you take that concept in a rehab setting, I tell people whatever you do with that hurt left shoulder, it's taking a dollar out of that piggy bank. So you need to be really smart on what you can and can't do. You know, if you're already taking out overhead pressing or any exercise that bugs you, you're, you're adding a dollar to that piggy bank. But the stuff that you do around the house has a huge, huge role in that. You know, and the moment, I see this all the time, a patient starts feeling better. They automatically just go right back to where they were when it comes to activity-wise. And then the next day, their shoulder, their low back, their knee is as worse as it was day one because they keep hitting that capacity and going beyond it. If you go beyond it, that's where you fuck yourself over. So now let's take this analogy of your capacity into weight loss, right? If you decided at one point of this year, last year, the last 10 years to make weight loss a priority, you still have that capacity effect as well, Right? Number one, are you making it a priority? And even your priorities has a capacity to it. Ideally, like I've said this a couple years ago about the four burner analogy, right? I'm all about analogies if you haven't noticed already. You can only put 100% in effort, time, passion, determination, all that kind of crap into four things at once. So now you need to prioritize four things on your burners on your oven to keep them going so say your first burner is your family your second burner is your career your third burner is whatever and your fourth burner is your weight loss goal that's your capacity right there four things but what if you have six other things going on like i always bring up this Say you're in the middle of selling your house, starting a new business, getting a new puppy, or deciding to go back to school, going to the other side of the world for a new job venture. like All those things add up, and you're way beyond your capacity, and now you're still in your head expecting that your weight loss goal of 10, 20, 30 pounds is still going to happen but you're way beyond that capacity of four things that you can actually put your 100% effort in. And now you can use this analogy for so many different things in your life. Relationships, your work, your household chores. Like, is going back to school to do your master's while you have three children and you're a single mom, single dad, whatever, really a good idea? And then this goes full circle back to another episode I went so on about self-awareness. Are you actually self-aware enough to know what your capacity is? Some people don't. And like an easy thing I get people to do is write down like every single responsibility that they have to do daily in order to live. And then start writing a list of things that you want to accomplish and do. And now look at those two lists, and, and when people look at them, they're like, holy fuck, I have so many things that I'm trying to do at once, right? It's like that other analogy, chasing two rabbits at the same time. You're never going to catch them. you got to zero in on one thing. So I'm really happy how this episode kind of came together because this whole capacity thing is kind of like the cherry on top of all these other things I've spoken about. And for those listening, I'm literally putting one hand up of, like, a pyramid, essentially, of capacity being the top, and then all the other things underneath are the supporting pillars of this pyramid of success, I'm going to call it, right? You have your self-awareness, you have that four-burner analogy, and other shit that probably has to be able to make that perfect-looking pyramid, But capacity is such an important thing to know. And it also shows your limitations. So I think I'm going to end it there for you to mull this over, you know, to really think about it. Hopefully I just, like, trigger something in your brain where you're like, Fuck, Raf, you are so right. I keep going past my capacity, right? And this will lead to burnout, too, You know, I've seen it so many times, not only in fitness and health, but in life, right? You're trying to juggle so many things way beyond your capacity. And then you're just at one point of your life where you're like, fuck, what am I doing this for? You have so much going on. So really hone in on what's really important to you and see if you can actually make all those goals in your life, whether it be weight loss, career, relationships, whatever it is, Priority number one, two, three, or four. That's your capacity, four things that you can do really, really well.